Welcome to Sales Boost, the Mercury International Podcast. Each episode presents one topic, one expert, taking a fresh perspective on the issues that are changing the face of modern sales. So we're joined again by Marcus Ines, who is responsible for Mercury Research and the Marketing Director of Mercury International in Sweden. In this, the third and last of our podcast episodes, we'll be discussing sales management development. The first two episodes dealt with sales management in general, first an overview and then a more kind of granular look at where we're heading. But now we want to discuss development specifically. So wearing my useful idiot hat, Marcus, first welcome. Thank you. And I'll ask the obvious question. Give me your definition of sales management development. Well, sales management development, basically all the activities that improve the performance of, of sales managers, so who make them better at understanding their environment, designing their, their sales process, setting their sales organization, and, and uh, coaching and helping their sales reps. So basically a lot of skills that need to be in place in, in order to perform well. But anything that contributes to that uh, is, is part of sales management development. So there's a huge training component uh, to this in terms of skills. Well, competence development, not, not necessarily maybe always in a training format. So it could be training, it could also be other activities that, uh, that are aimed at developing the competence of, of the sales manager. But yes, I guess we will come to that. But training is, is one important component. Okay, so regarding the area of competence development, it seems that a lot is changing at ever greater speed. I mean, we discussed, obviously, uh, in the last episode, the technological and societal disruptors, which have accelerated this evolving world of sales. How well are sales managers keeping up to date with these new competences? I think there are two answers to that. There are some perform well with respect to, to staying up to date, both in terms of, of putting in extra effort themselves as individuals in getting access to, to fresh perspectives, new knowledge uh, and skills, and also having access to various forms of competence development from their, from their firms. But there are also a lot of sales managers who basically operate on the same knowledge and skills that they had when they entered their first management position for, the, for various reasons, both not perhaps individually motivated, but also because their firms are basically not giving them access to, to competence development. So we need, to, we need to start this development process a lot earlier on. There. I think m most firms should reconsider and have a look at what what they are offering and how they are keeping their sales managers up to date and, and ensuring that they have the necessary skills to perform in the, the upcoming five years with, like you said, large transitions in the surrounding environment and uh, a lot of challenges, basically, a lot of new challenges. I mean, I've read that I think it's something like 57% of newly appointed you know, sales managers are left without further professional development once they've assumed their new position. So this has to become a more urgent priority. See, I think it's quite common that you, you get promoted to management positions within sales. It has historically been that way, that you get promoted based upon your performance in sales. But once you get into that management position, we discussed that previously, mm. you can, of course, you can still have a lot of sales responsibility, you can still have a sales point, but you also get a lot of additional tasks and, and challenges that you, that you need to solve. A lot of managers have to enter that situation unarmed, basically, mm. which I think is, uh, it's not really fair. And I think it builds on perhaps the wrong assumptions on what will make them perform as managers. 
which is basically that uh, they are in that position in order to get others to perform, not to perform themselves primarily. So we need to kind of value these specific competences of the role more, and perhaps at an earlier stage. I mean, I think it's something like only you know three percent of you know a certain selection of American universities offer a specialized sales management MBA. I mean, so it, it doesn't seem to be valued. No, right. It's it's from um, that uh, Harvard study, right? It's interesting to see how sales as a specialization in the academy it is rather uncommon so so very few business schools have a master or even specialization courses in sales but almost any business school would have a master or a specialization in in marketing yeah and the content from from my experience is is rather different of course marketing has in some areas increased in importance but it's not sales has sort of disappeared on the, on the radar. But for, for some reason, it, it has not been so well represented in, in the academy. And then also research-wise, which was one of the reasons uh, behind founding ProSales Institute that, that later was uh, acquired by Mercury. Is, is it because perhaps we think of sales um, as something we all intuitively know, as in, you know, a little, kind of a, a kid setting up a, a lemonade stand kind of thing of like, I can give you this and you can give me some money. We understand that at a basic human level, whereas at no point is the kid a kid thinking, how do I market my lemonade stand? <laughs> They're not really, they, they view that as more of science in terms of marketing rather than sales. It's an intuitive process. And perhaps we need to rethink that. Yeah, right. I, I think the thing I described about the career path for many sales managers that they get promoted without maybe sort of giving them the, the toolbox. It is the same assumption that has kept sales out of some of the universities, that sales is sort of more of an art personality question. So it's a drive question. Everything that we have found during the 15 years we've done research, research in, the, in the sales area is that this is, sales is about being systematic. It's about being scientific. It's a numbers game. Uh, you have a lot to learn from doing that. So uh, gradually, it, it has become better, but it, it's sort of a blind spot on the on the academic um, research uh, map. Which it's like you mentioned um, in the previous episodes that sales is one of the last kind of disciplines to have this rigorous empirical kind of analysis of efficiency. You know, manufacturing you kind of you, you do all this you know Kaizen methodology and things, and with sales it it, it seems to be more like kind of oh it's a creative art form rather than let's really put this under the microscope. So, okay, given that we, we need to develop the skills and we need to take that development more seriously and as an intrinsic part of the process, what is it that, which skills do we actually need to develop? What is it that people need as sales managers? I think it depends a bit on, like we discussed different levels of, of management and, and different situations. Um, for people in their, their first sales management position, I think there's a lot to gain from, from adding some of the generic management skills, leadership, motivation, talent management, performance management. It would, a lower sales management position would be people intensive. And a lot of um, the activities you engage in are about your, your sales reps. You would have typically a fair amount of direct reports to take care of. So any model, any tool that, that makes it easier to motivate them, uh, to coach them, to find the right people, and so on, that, that would, would be of benefit. If you're looking at 
at higher levels, on, you speak in terms of sales director or a sales manager with re responsibility for, for regional sales managers, then uh, you would also need more of, of the strategic skills. So organizational aspects, a strategic aspect, the technology that we discussed is also an, an area in, in which you need to dig deeper. So basically, like, like for any management career, you need to add uh, skills that, as you approach and, and enter new levels. This is almost a kind of a, an HR question, I suppose, but how, how on earth does one balance the time in terms of the ratio between developing these new skills and actually performing the sales management function itself? Because obviously we know that sales managers, as you said, their, their calendars are absolutely you know, full already, but that we need to develop these skills. How do we put a value on that development and therefore put it in the calendar? I, I think... And that's the way the competence development community has in the, the past years is that you need also to take into consideration that people live very busy lives, both professionally and uh, privately. But I think there's a lot you can do when it comes to designing competence development activities. So more bite-sized module, more integration with your, your work applications, and also more, say, coaching in inside the competence development programs it doesn't have to be only or only training which can be really good if it's if it's bite-sized if it's uh, integrated with work if it's uh, digitalized and so on but it gets even stronger if you can if you can complement it with uh, with individual coaching as well because you cannot really solve all matters with, with, with predefined knowledge so we're talking about a kind of a sort of peer-to-peer development as well yes an organic process of you may not think of it as being a training process but a conversation with a mentor or someone else within the organization could have that role yeah it could be an individual mentor uh, or as we we have also promoted this idea that um, once you reach a certain level as a sales manager hopefully you've gone through the proper trainings you've gotten your managerial skills in the best of cases you also have one of those few university degrees where you where you got some sales some sales competence, and you've also had good individual mentors, maybe former managers or coach specialists. But when you've reached that level, you've sort of learned a lot of what can be learned. Then what we have found out that for an experienced uh, sales manager or sales director, it's really valuable also to have access to a peer to peer network, to have access to other people in the same situation as you, and that you can you can exchange experiences, uh, you can learn about others, uh, both failures uh, and successes, and uh, get sort of the latest the latest news from from those who who have tried out the the latest technology and the, the latest approaches, and sometimes not 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 even us uh, picked up everything that is is tried out right now in, in, in sales organizations. And some sales organizations and sales managers are sort of a frontier when it comes to, to technology and, and methodology. And uh, there's a lot to learn from them as well. And to, to get access to them, that's, I would say, a, a, a big value according to our experience. I completely understand the value of that. But it sounds also like quite a, a sort of organic process in terms of it doesn't sound like something one can formalize very easily within an organization, you know, obviously you can say with a training course, you know, your, here's your, your bite-sized digital modular VBS module, but how does one formalize that sort of more personal fluid process? 
I, th I think many organizations are hesitant towards this type of, of solutions. They, when it, they, they design the competence development programs, they like to keep uh, things within the box and frame it and, and typically also adapt it to their, their internal processes, their business model and so on, which is perfectly understandable. In order to, 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 to complement that, I think it's, it's good if you dare to put your, your sales managers or, or any other managerial function also to, to let them engage with external networks. Because if you look at someone who is in a management position, they are the farther up you come in an organization, I would say the more uh, lonely. As a, as a sales rep, you have a lot of people at the same level that you can discuss issues, uh, professional issues uh, with, and get feedback and, and hints and tips. But the farther up you come, the, the fewer people you have that you can have an open discussion concerning your, your challenges because of you know internal politics, just the fact that there, there are few people on the same level that do the same thing as you and so on. Uh, in order to sort of counteract that, um, it's sometimes good to give people access to an external network where they can discuss freely without having any uh, sort of internal barriers where they can get feedback from a lot of other organizations that is also of a sort of a practical nature. You can discuss real management issues, high and low. And that, that kind of sounding board is typically very valuable for senior sales executives, sales managers and sales directors. Or, or perhaps even an annual event such as the sales conference. For example, <laughs> right, and that's we hold a yearly conference each year, and it's sort of aimed at those who don't think that they can enter a sort of recurring activity for some reason. They do not want to run a large development program, but once a year at least, they'd like to get the, the latest facts, the latest insights, the latest research, and also interact with other managers. And before COVID, this was a large face-to-face -face event, mm. uh, which of course brings more value to the table in terms of interaction. This year, well, we'll see what it brings, but it will at least be available in a digital format where you can get all the insights, listen to the speakers, update yourself, and uh, you can hopefully also interact with other managers, but however, in a digital format. And hopefully we can also meet in, in, in place at an exit in, in Stockholm. Oh. So I, I guess the best kind of the best development programs are those when you don't even know you're actually developing those those competencies. You're just actually doing it through uh, interactions with with others as well. Yeah, I think so. So, like you say, it's sometimes it, it might seem a bit fussier to to be part of an executive network to go to sort of loosely specified conference or engaging in in, in other internal activities. If you compare that to running an internal development program of some kind. But I think that they serve different purposes. And those who have that habit of exposing themselves to external inputs in, in various forms, they, those are the ones that I spoke about. Those are the ones who came out of COVID-19 at least less affected than many of the others. And those who manages to, to make use of, of new opportunities in technology and behavior mm. before others do. And, and well, maybe sometimes they don't even maybe reflect upon why why they, why this is the case. But I would say that it's the the reason is that they expose themselves to to external inputs to to a larger extent mm. and not stay inside the firm. Yeah, so they're they're kind of uh, open minded and outward looking, like we were, we discussed yeah. last week. We 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 usually speak about development oriented mm. sales 
leader. Those are the ones that we'd like to work with. And we know also from our research that those are the ones that uh, perform the best. This is also besides, you know, I spoke about coaching, about win-loss analysis, being development-oriented is also a performance driver when it comes to sales. Well, I'd like to kind of sort of finish up with just looking at what would you just think of as the the current kind of biggest challenges in effective sales management development at the moment? And what would be your top tip for overcoming them and, and moving forward? I think that the, the biggest challenge is always time, I would say, that there's always this tendency to, you, you book all of your time, you cannot see any opportunities of inserting any development activities in your, in your busy schedule. And what, what happens is that you gradually sort of eat off your competence while the, the surrounding world is moving uh, away from you. And, and sooner or later, there will not be so much relevant competence left. Uh, but that goes, that goes gradually and slowly. And uh, you will not notice that from, from one quarter to another. But eventually, it will show off, uh, both in terms of your individual performance and in terms of how your organization perform. So, but, but it's, uh, it's a challenge for all uh, and for us to show that. Devote a little of your time, maybe one day a year at minimum, to, to getting this, this external input and, and sort of refreshing and, and adding some new, uh, some new competence. It would pay off. But the time is, I would say, then finding the time mm. or, or motivating the time is the, 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 the biggest challenge. So, and I guess it's something that even if you can't put an immediate monetary value on development, we're, we're thinking about the long-term strategic goal here as well of, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. It's like in most firms today, there's this, I, I, I understand that that's good. That you, you have an ROI pressure on everything that is done within competence development. But at the same time, you know, all... All of us who are in management positions today, deciding and purchasing these development programs, we've gone through sort of university degrees with perhaps an idea about a positive ROI, but it has definitely not been clear what mm. the ROI is. So sometimes we're prepared to invest in development without exactly knowing that the and the direct benefits. And sometimes we are very hesitant to do that. And, and, and I think sometimes we need to look beyond the, the immediate um, monetary effects and uh, think strategically about how we uh, future-proofed uh, the sales organization and its people. Well, I guess with that in mind, I should allow you to do a pitch for the upcoming sales conference, which definitely has a value. And so when is that taking place? It's uh, taking place on the 18th of uh, November. And it's a full day event. It starts in the morning and ends in the in the afternoon. It's possible to participate both online, digitally, anywhere you are in the world. And hopefully, it will also be um, possible to attend in person in, in Stockholm. Yeah, fingers crossed. Well, so I think if our listeners want to at least put one day in their diary for some uh, some personal growth and uh, and development that would be a good one to recommend i think so no one will leave the screen or the venue without feeling um, much stronger in in terms of sales management knowledge great well i think we'll leave it there and marcus just to say thank you so much for your time over these last three episodes and i feel definitely educated and enlightened and i hope that our 
listeners do too and hope to speak to you again very very soon thank you if the topics discussed in this podcast have given you more questions get in touch with us and we'll do our best to get you the answers